the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Amazon's invested in cracking down on counterfeit and unauthorized sellers this year, putting more power in the hands of brands investing in algorithms that sweep the site for potential infringement. I'm one of those people that I'm loyal to my jeans. And I've bought jeans before that I'm pretty sure are knockoffs, that I don't think want them to be knockoffs. So I'm pro this. No, no, yeah, yeah, that's not a joke. It, was, it is what it is. Um, so it's good news for brands. It's bad news for, I'm going to call them pirates, but something along those lines. Sellers on the third-party marketplace are caught in the fray. Even investing in access to an account manager has proven to be a dead end as Amazon's internal team struggles to keep up with the nuances and pace of automated IP bots. So that's always been kind of an issue with Amazon. And if you get your spouse a Kate Spade purse or a Gucci bag and it's not coming straight from Kate Spade or Gucci, uh, you may be kicked off the Amazon platform. Even if it's been bought for your little store in Sausalito, California, uh, crackly, and you're just still trying to get rid of inventory any way you can, and you throw it up, you may be breaking the rules. It's called Project Zero at Amazon. It shows you how, in my mind, uh, how tight that whole world is. I talked a little bit about robots, because I love robots. Robots could take over 20 million manufacturing jobs around the world by 2030. There's no reason why the guy who's running the show today, the board op, can't be done by a robot. If robots, if robots could listen, if Amazon is listening to you right now, and a lot of people think the app on your phone, Facebook app, is listening to you. And you may come home today and lunch, you go, hey, honey, I think we should go skiing, summer skiing. And then you get on your computer the next day and you see like a summer skiing thing. It's probably just a coincidence. Or is it? Or is it? So I see a lot of jobs going the way of the robots. The number of robots at use worldwide has increased threefold over the past two decades to 2.25 million. The rise of robots are bringing about... More benefits in terms of productivity and economic growth. The drawbacks is we're going to lose a lot of jobs. Robot revolution starring Will Smith. In a very dramatic role, Will Smith will be a robot. But we won't know it till the last scene of the movie. He hates robots. And yet he is one. Tens of millions of jobs are going to be lost. Especially in poor economies. Where you have a lower skilled worker. Which is kind of interesting. The places where we impact and hurt the most... Sometimes we don't even know it. If you analyze student debt forgiveness programs from Warren and Sanders, the more debt you have, the better. And sometimes the more debt you have means more of an Ivy League school kind of scenario. Robot installations are boosted right now, and uh, you're talking 5.3% boost in global GDP. And we're just throwing them down wherever we can throw them. If you add more robots to the economies, it adds about $5 trillion per year the world economies. Now, a lot of job losses, there's going to be states that are very, very vulnerable. Texas, Louisiana, Indiana, Oregon. There's, uh, if you go to Kaiser now, 
in the Bay Area healthcare company. You'll see security robots down in the um, garage, you know, running video cameras through and seeing if anyone's breaking into people's cars. I don't know what else they could police, but here's the question. When do we give them guns? It's, it's kind of a fun question, right? I know you're saying you're a sick man, Rob Black. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about today. It's one of those free form kind of days. Micron, big maker of DRAM, which means they're big seller into products, whether it be routers or servers or computers or phones, anything that uses DRAM, they said results were better than expected. So a lot of people imply that that means good things to the semiconductor industry across the board. So you're seeing a lot of semiconductors rally today. When you put a Micron DRAM chip into an electronic item, you also probably put an Intel or an AMD product in maybe an AMD or a NVIDIA product in. All these things kind of work together. Therefore, if one does well, you kind of assume they're all going to do well. Apple's up big today. It had big losses yesterday. Um, I don't know. It's, everything I see from Apple, I kind of don't like right now. I see a lot of, you know, discount not discounts, but uh, turn in your old phone and we'll give you 450 bucks. Uh, you know who, we've been talking about this a lot today, this week. The Uber Eats, the Grubhubs. Grubhub is a lot of people's favorite stock because it's a play on millennial. And um, as spouses, as two incomes are needed to pay for bills, it plays right into the, the more delivery. Fewer home-kicked meals, right? 60% of Americans order food delivery more often because they don't feel like cooking. Women's participation in the labor force has nearly doubled from 34% of working-age women in the workforce in 1950 to almost 57% today. That's kind of surprising. I, I would think that number... 57% of women don't, 57% do work, 43% don't. Um, people are delaying having children, but yeah, it's, I can't tell you how many times I've been talking to friends and it's five o'clock and I'm like, wait, wait, my Uber driver's here with my food. So keep thinking about it, okay? There's investments to be had and I've already hinted at many of them. Um, CVS just laid out a big reason why healthcare companies are worried about Amazon. CVS is, I hate going into CVS's. I just, for some reason, I just don't like it. I always feel like I'm going to see, you know, Elvis Presley, fat, bloated Elvis Presley. I'm like, I thought you died. He's like, no, man. I just, I work at CVS now. I know you're saying it's probably an award-winning Elvis Presley impression. Thank you. But CVS says that Amazon can pose a threat by negotiating directly with insurers, bypassing it, the lucrative pharmacy benefits manager or PBM business. You're looking at Amazon, Target. These companies have thousands of 350,000 plus employees. Um, and you've seen Amazon has a joint employer health venture with Berkshire Hathaway and JP Morgan. Can we cut out the middleman? And would you feel bad if we did, if it saved you some money? Most people tend to say, save me some money and I don't care let the chips fall where they may. Amazon bought PillPack, which is engaged in direct discussions with Blue Cross Blue Shield about sending people their pills. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. One of my favorite people to follow, just his quotes when it comes to business in America and corporations and profits, capitalism. It's Jamie Dimon. Um, he talked about student debt crisis. He says, we need to fix the broken parts of student lending in the United States. What we've done is a disgrace and it's hurting America. With $1.6 trillion outstanding student debt in the United States, student lending is crippling many Americans. Today, the average college student 
graduates $30,000 in debt, up from $10,000 in the 1990s. Um, I agree. So he didn't go on to talk too much about the Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren plans to potentially erase the country's outstanding student debt. But most of it so far looks like it's going to be tied towards Wall Street and taxing um, portfolios and taxing stock trades. So he has, a, he has some skin in the game, so to speak. And yet he's not afraid to say, you know, this is a big problem. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton to talk a little financial planning. Chad? Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. You can hear him on a podcast as well that you can subscribe to when you go to newfocusfinancial.com. Chad, let's talk a little bit about the process of answering the, the, the age-old question is, can I retire? Mm-hmm. You probably see that from clients, you know, when they're in their 50s and they're accumulating wealth and they're doing well, they start thinking, you know, when do I you know, take my foot off the gas and, and, and slow down a bit? Um, so that transition period, no one has a right answer. How do you go about figuring out that process like a, a financial planning detective? Well, so the process is there's several tests that you can run, but you have to kind of do some income design prior to that. So assuming that you've given me a clear list of your expenses, including things like once you retire, how much you're going to spend on vacation. And then we add in the things that you're not thinking about, like healthcare costs, Medicare Part B, how much you're going to pay based on your income for Medicare Part B, because uh, that can vary greatly. Then we have to do things like uh, Social Security analysis. If you're a married couple, what's the best way to do it? If you were 62 by 2015, then you still have some strategies such as the restricted application and playing off one another's benefits. Do you wait till 70 or not? If you're waiting till 70, where are we going to get the money to fund retirement? Um, where are your assets in retirement? A person that retires with a, you know, a million in a 401k is going to pay more taxes than a person that retires with a million with part of it in cash, part of it in mutual fund and part of it in a 401k, much different tax situation. So we have to calculate taxes. And then once that comes into play, we can use conservative rates of return where you take a really ugly scenario a 10-year period for a balanced portfolio, like people saw from October of 2017, uh, or from October 20, 2007 to October of 2017, and say, okay, let's see, you have mediocre returns for the first 10, 20 years of retirement, and inflation is running at 3% and 6% inflation on healthcare costs, will you have enough money to last till age 100? Um, and then you go through other things and do some other tests after you look through the actual assets inside the plan. So you have to also say, okay, what's your risk tolerance? And then in your investment accounts, are you invested? There's two things you got to look at, your risk tolerance and then your required rate of return. Um, and, and you can run another test after that as well. Let me throw out a different twist on this. I got an email recently from a woman whose name was something like Gracie. So you know she's older, right? With a name like Gracie. Right. Um, long story short, she has a million dollars, and you and I, we talk fast at times, and I was like, a million dollars should pay you $40,000 a year in retirement, 4% rate of return, kind of, give or take. And she goes, it's only paying me 10000 And um, I'm like, well, you're being maybe too conservative. But she was 70 and a million dollars. I'm like, maybe you could start living off that asset and don't worry about rate of return and just start you know, selling off. But then I'm like, no, but she might live to 100. How often do you run into that kind of scenario where people are too conservative or too aggressive, and you kind of want them somewhere in the middle, I'm assuming? Right, right. I think, you know, my favorite style of portfolio in retirement is when you calculate your 
expenses and then you know your withdrawal rate. So if your expenses are 100 grand a year and you're going to take 30 from social security between the two of you, you're going to draw 70 from your portfolio. So you need 3 years of that set aside in cash and then the rest of your portfolio when you're investing more than 60% stocks, you're probably taking too much risk. Um and then some people can't handle market volatility at all and if you're very conservative right now, that's like what, 3% on bonds? So yeah, it's somewhere in the middle. You're you're dead on. And I felt horrible telling her, I'm like, 1%, you're not going to be able to live off that $10,000. But 5 or 6% with an AT&T stock would pay her fifty to 60000 And like 1.5% with something like a Coca-Cola would pay her 15000 So there's, there seems to be some things that we all need to figure out, and we need professional help. That's where the CFP comes in and, and helps and uh, does the calculations kind of in a cold, detective kind of way. Uh, you're not telling people exactly what they want to hear is what I'm assuming more often than not. Is that about right? Yeah, and but there's different tests we can run. I mean, we can run Monte Carlo simulations, linear cash flow tests. What's your success rate? And we can answer those questions. Have questions? Find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. It's a certified financial planner. It's a great accreditation. I think it's super important that you work with professionals in retirement because you don't want to make a mistake. Is <laughs> my honest opinion there. You don't want to make a mistake. It's a bad time to do it. You don't have time to recover. You can find CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of downloads, and you can subscribe to his podcast while at newfocusfinancial.com. I tend to get kind of stuck on trends and themes for a couple weeks, then I move on. I'll talk about some of those at the upcoming event in July in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Great parking, easy parking, free parking. Easy place to access. You can find out more by going to Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show, and use the code Radio25 to get in for free. But one of them that I'm really fascinated in, and every day I do a little bit more work on it, is technology in restaurants. And there's something called a QSR, quick service restaurant. And they're really benefiting from this move to technology and Grubhubs and Uber Eats and such. McDonald's is just slightly trailed the broader market. Double-digit rallies are norm for the group. There's six big companies that are really benefiting. McDonald's, Starbucks, Chipotle, Shake Shack, Domino's and perhaps Dunkin' Brands, of which they're not all the same company, so you can't say just buy all six of them because people are going to just sit on their couch and be Oompa Loompas, have the weed delivery come at noon, take gummy, and decide if you want McDonald's, Chipotle, Shake Shack, Starbucks, Domino's, or Dunkin' Brands. They're all well-capitalized players, and they're all doing quite well. A couple years ago, the same kind of trend story, we'd talk about how people aren't going to malls anymore. So companies like Cheesecake Factory were struggling. So it's always going to be developing, right? And this plays right into Uber and Grubhubs and Lyft's world. And then there's also the trend of plant-based proteins. Big meat players are keen to exploit right now. Menu innovation. You don't think of menu innovation all that often, but it's there. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I do like the well-capitalized bigger players. I think uh, you'll see why over time that... The big get bigger. Speaking of which, I'm going to take a break. Make a little do-re-mi meter in the commercial break. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. It's robblackshow.com. You can sign up for the event coming up in July, mid-July, at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or kdow.biz. So the Bloodhound Gang did a song called The Roof is on Fire. I know you're saying, where is this one going, Rob? Um, it's going to go somewhere. 
So I'll try my best. What's interesting to note is I think the stock market roof is on fire. What's also interesting to note about the Bloodhound Gang and the roof is on fire, it's probably one of the most hated songs in my mind ever. I could write this song. Now throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And if you're not a square from Delaware and you got on clean underwear and your mama ain't on welfare, somebody say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And that's awful, right? And if you got on clean underwear and your mama ain't on welfare, hmm, the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. So that's how I feel about Wall Street right now. It, it's, it's, it's kind of got me a little bit nervous because we're not really looking at valuation. And that's okay. You know, I like it when the market goes up, even if it's overvalued. I like it when the market goes down, even if it's, it's creating a you know, buying opportunity or it's a setup for a long, slow summer or what have you. I'm not going to take it personally, so to speak. Now, yesterday we talked about Amazon announcing two big days for their Amazon sale. I promptly went home and I started writing down lists of things that I might want to buy for the rest of the year. I've got like a four and a half, five-year-old iPad that it's just it's not good. It's not good. It's in bad shape. So I wrote that down. Then I'm like, okay... Uh, for my getaway house, I need a second. I'd like a TV in the bedroom so I can fall asleep and watch the snowfall kind of thing and watch a little television. So I wrote down TV. Now, hopefully I get a chance to measure before I you know, order it, but you get the idea. So these are big ticket items that I, I, I'm expecting to get 40% off. Now, this will make you a little crazy. So I know that Amazon's going to be on the 15th and 16th, two days, even though it's supposed to be a one-day sale. I know that it crashed last year. Um, for me, what's kind of, uh, I was looking at Target, because Target now does that one-day delivery, and I'd like to kind of test it out. You don't have to have that Prime membership. Target kicks off back-to-school season with new clothes, college departments, and more. Holy mackerel. Now, I was expecting to see something with them competing with Amazon on Prime Day, and what they're really doing is saying, let's talk about back-to-school. And I'm like, didn't the summer just start? Do we really need to be talking about glue sticks and crayons? Soon-to-be kindergartners, decking out dorm rooms, college freshmen, you know, clothing and supplies. It just feels like it's a little bit too soon. It's almost like, can you wait just a bit? Just a bit. Can we at least get into August before we start talking about back to school? Even the back to school is happening in middle August now. So I know you're saying, okay, got it, Black, and move on. Um, But, yeah, this year there will be big sales on the same Time frame. Uh, Target's going to be introducing deal days. eBay says, and I love, I love a good chance for a jab at a competitor. Um, eBay plans a crash sale, especially a bigger discount if Amazon's web page crashes, like it did last year. So, I don't know. Do you have a shopping list? Does it make sense that I want to be kind of cheap and maybe get a deal? But I see, I don't want to be so cheap that I get a deal that it's like uh, compromising the situation itself, like. I don't want a three-year-old iPad when I'm trying to replace a four-and-a-half-year-old iPad. I know you're saying, you're a snob. You should just use a Google tablet. Google's not even making tablets anymore. So Target and eBay are kind of the ones who are announcing their strategies at this point in time. So uh, eBay as well. So, And you get a bigger deal if Amazon's web page crashes. And ultimately what it comes down to is we've now made Prime Day kind of a big shopping day in July when it used to not be. And Target and eBay aren't going to let this one pass. Amazon shares are up 25% this year. Target is up 30% this year. eBay is up 39% this year. You know, one thing I can't do is grow a fancy millennial beard. I know. I know. 
Now, here, get this, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you feel old. Hope you're going to feel it. The first members of the millennial generation are going to be 40 this year. Woo! Woo! Happy birthday. Say it's your birthday. Millennials are behind where Generation X was at this age due to the coming of age during the Great Recession and student debt. But it's time to pull out a checklist. What should you have at age 40? What should you be doing? Younger Americans are getting into more trouble with debt. The average American is struggling to make ends meet and build up emergency savings. Uh, but a lot like your car, you should do a checkup every five, ten thousand 10,000 miles. 40 is a good, good time to do a checkup. No, you're not going to have the doctor say, drop your pants and bend over and it's going to hurt me a lot more than it hurts you. A shot. I'm talking about a shot. So uh, nothing discussed about shots. So, so at this point in time, you want to relist your financial goals. And you want to be specific about it, you want to write it down. If you can't write it down, it's not true. Once you know your goals, you could kind of work backwards to see how far you have to go to get to them. Maybe it's a second home. Maybe it's a first home. Maybe it's a bigger home, not a condo. So start writing the stuff down. If you have a family, think about them not having you. I've got $4 million life insurance on me because I think $4 million will more than cover the basic necessities. So... You could go with 10 times your salary, or you could kind of figure out, what do I really want to accomplish? If you've got one kid, you want at least $250,000 in life insurance to cover from age 0 to 17. If you want to go to college, you want to throw in another $250,000 in life insurance. So that's $500,000. Two kids, that's a million. And then you go, what would cover the mortgages? What would give my spouse time to take off and mourn? You know, when my father died, uh, me and my brother David had to go through the paperwork and kind of line up every mistake that he made, kind of shake our heads at them. My brother Dave's a personal injury attorney, or now he's a judge, but he was a personal injury attorney. And uh, he has very no-nonsense, like, man, Dad was an idiot. Like, he, he sees criminals, he sees heroes kind of thing. He saw my dad as a financial idiot. So life insurance is super important. We should have been mourning him instead of going through his paperwork. If you haven't created a will, you should, because people drop over dead on a regular basis under 40. Over 40. Right around this time, people start dropping like frogs. Croak. Ribbit. Ribbit. Doing the parts of his own sound effects today. Rob Black. So create a will or a trust. If you live in California, you want to do a trust. When you die, they have to go through the paperwork, and they, they basically decide if you actually own that house or not. And, like, did the slave once own the house and you took it from him? Did an uh, ex-spouse challenge it? It's, it's all good stuff. So you want to create a will if you haven't done so already. A trust is a, a very ideal if you have a home in California because that whole year process that you have to go through probate, it goes away. And that whole year process of going through probate is easily $40,000 in attorney fees. Trust is going to cost you 5000 I know you're saying, you just spent $5,000 for me just like that, just because I turned 40? Uh-huh. Um, in your 40s, you want to revisit your budget. This is your financial checklist. You just turned 40. I've got a loved one who, she picked up a job, and I'm like, you should put as much money into a 401k or 403b as you can, because your, your husband makes the money that the family spends, so you should, you know, sock away extra. That doesn't even dawn on them that that's good advice. It's like, straight over the head. But your budget will show you where things are. And budgets are the most inane, boring things. I'm going through my budget right now, and I hate it. I want to pour gasoline in my eyes every time I do it, and then dig it out with a spork. Dig it out? My iris. Just my iris, not my whole eyeball, just my iris. So budgeting, is it stinks. You're going through, and you're doing it for your spouse, too, and you're like, okay, what is LLN.com? Um, you're like, do we not even want to hit this and find out that like my spouse is doing some serious hardcore 
spending on the web on things that they shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, because that could be your budget breaker. And then you're like, man, we eat out a lot. You know, in my 20s, one of the most dumb things on my budget was uh, movies. So in my 20s, it was like movies, dinner, and a date kind of thing. So in your 40s, you want to update your investment choices. Um, It's time to, again, if you're not saving enough, there's a rule that says you're 40 years old, you should have 40% in bonds. I don't believe that. Not in this interest rate environment, no way. But again, that's where you start. 60% stocks, 40% bonds. And you can figure out what works best for you. In your 40s, you want to take a look at your credit card debt. And if, you have, if you're carrying credit card debt, pay it down. Hopefully in your 40s, you've taken control of your student debt and the loans are starting to whittle down. Hopefully. Uh, you want to make sure your health insurance is adequate for your family's needs. Getting sick is very, very expensive. And start taking better care of yourself. This is when your health is going to slip. Find me online at robloxshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, invested, in more. There's a new test for the IPO market, which has been hot, 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 as Buster Poindexter once said, or he sung about feeling hot, hot, hot. The IPO market's been just fantastic this year if you take out uber and left crushing the overall market performance there's a demand an appetite there's a new one coming out thursday evening that i don't really know much about but i'm starting to do some work on called the real real it's going to trade under the ticker symbol real it's an online marketplace for used luxury goods so think of it as a thrift store that sells tiffany's products and, and goods um it's well established it's growing rapidly it's losing lots of money revenue last year 207 million Buckaroos. That's up 55% year over year. But it also lost $75 million. But again, they're establishing that foothold. And you could say this IPO is a way of losing a lot of money coming public and getting a lot of publicity for themselves also. doesn't hurt. So it's all consigned merchandise. Since launching in 2011, the company's paid about $1 billion to consignors. In 2018, the company processed 1.6 million orders, up 42% from a year earlier. Average order four hundred forty six bucks, up two percent year over year. Um, I, it's really tough for me to say we're not overdoing it because it feels like every week we're getting three to five more IPOs, and it feels like there's only so many dollars in the world, and it feels like there are a lot of them being vacuumed straight into the IPO vacuum machine. I want an IPO vacuum cleaner now. So the Real Reels debut will match that of a company called Revolve. Ticker symbol RVLV, that's their closest competitor. It's an online luxury goods seller that went public in June at $18 per share. Now it's at $36 a share. And yet there's an online luxury goods seller that went public last September called Farfetch, FTCH. Now this, again, is kind of playing into some comparisons like with SwitchFix, SFX, SFIX, Etsy, a lot of vintage goods. Uh, Etsy's up four times, 400% since its 2015 IPO. So some of these companies uh, are a little bit more established than they thought. Two years ago, we talked about how many tech unicorns there were, companies that were pulling in a billion dollars in revenue but still losing money. And a lot of these companies have come public, and they're passing the test. They're, they're limiting their losses. They're, they're getting attention. Now, in a down market, they're the first ones we shoot. Um, you know, if we go through a recession... I'm going to call my dog into the room first. I'm not going to have, before I go to the kids and the wife, I'm going to say, puppy, come into the room. He's going to be like, please don't shoot me. And for the record, never, sh- never, ever shoot a dog. I have to say that because someone out there is dumb enough to think about it. Adobe's planning to expand in downtown San Jose. It's kind of interesting. Um, you know how there's some stocks that really fall beneath your radar where you're like, 
I like Target. I just don't have enough money to invest in everything I want and still have money for, like, a Target. Same thing with kind of an Adobe. It's one of those tech stocks that you always kind of want, but you never get around to owning it unless you work there. Adobe's building a fourth tower in the city's downtown San Jose. Um, and they're one of those online companies where their business model used to be selling software on floppy disks. And then you got to the point where it's just all being downloaded. Now it's all being hosted by them. So since Adobe started charging you to rent their software, a lot of people just use the Photoshop and Illustrator they bought more than five years ago. So they don't have to pay them over and over and over again. Um, same thing with Microsoft Office. A lot of people don't like that renting of software. I get it. I get it. Trust me. I was uh, deeply in love with Graphic Illustrator once. Uh, graphic designer who did a lot of illustration work, obviously. And uh, she swore by that product. So that's out there. Take a look at the markets. We're up. Not up huge, uh, but we're up on the news. I think that Mnuchin said we're 90% done with a deal. And we're well on our way to finishing it. Uh, he's talking from Bahrain right now, but he is talking about uh, China and the U.S. Who There's going to be a big meeting on Saturday. Last Sunday, the president got to meet the press. This Sunday, he gets talk about what happened in the meeting with the president of china so that's out there bitcoin we've been talking a lot about recently and uh it continues to march higher so yesterday is at eleven thousand. today it's at thirteen thousand. so there's something about that facebook announcement that really helped with that said please be cautious last year bitcoin lost 75 percent or more of its market value this year it's up huge so 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air anything that you want to talk about we could talk about um, taking a look at the overall market action in the stories today. I think they are what they are. You know, tech and energy stocks doing well on consumption of growth expectations. Micron is leading semiconductor stocks higher following the earnings results. There's some trade optimism, but I'll be honest with you, more than two-thirds of analysts think that no trade will get done, but also no new tariffs will come out of it. Um, there's weakness in defense-oriented stocks today. So those are some of our top stories for sure. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Remote jobs are exploding. Um, and some of them could actually pay you six figures. Work from home. Not too shabby. Be cautious on it, too. Um, let's take a break. Let's wrap up. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Um, robots could take over 20 million jobs by the year 2030. Robot parade, robot parade. So make sure you're not in a job that, how shall we say, is low skill that a robot could do. We'll talk about this and more as the days and months go on. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.